0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 110 of Vague Zone. I am one of your hosts, Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are doing something a little different. Uh, we took a month off, and in that month we watched a lot of things. And so, if you're a regular listener, you know that at the end of these episodes we usually, uh, you know, go over what have we been watching lately. Well, we've been watching a lot lately, yes. so we figure yeah. why not dedicate a whole episode to that. Um and this is also the first time we've recorded in person?
1: Yes. Um, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put what? this between us just as a, a backup. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's weird because, yes, I'm in America, and <laughs> we're in the same room for the first time since doing yeah. this in uh, the pandemic since 2020. So, yeah, yeah this is uh, new for you, new for me, new for, <laughs> new for it's everyone. Almost,
0: it's kind of cool because we can, like, talk over each other yes. and shit <laughs> without having to worry about, like, Zoom delay.
1: Yeah, not really tripping about that stuff. And, yeah, sit back, have a couple beers, and talk about yeah. the the fucking, all the releases that happened over Christmas break, there's so many things. And yeah, it's been like almost a month and a half, I feel like, it's been yeah. longer than a month.
0: It's been a while. Yeah, travel, holidays, life. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff getting in the way of recording, but yeah, trying to get back into swing of things.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, So I basically, I just, I wrote down like five things that I thought were like noteworthy I don't know about you I don't know I have hey, seven things you have seven things okay um <laughs>
0: I imagine there'll be some crossover so we can like get into the weeds on it
1: okay well 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 I guess who wants to go first uh I guess I'll I'll, I'll start off or right. aid off number five on my list of things I feel like I'm worthy of mentioning was uh, Elvis I know you talked Elvis. about this very briefly. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you started watching it I did and you're like this is absolutely insane. Yep. You did you did you ever finish it?
0: Uh, I went back to oh. it and I still didn't finish it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like there's another hour of this left like I'm I'm out.
1: Yeah, it's it's an assault on the senses for sure.
0: Yeah. But uh yeah, like what were your what were your thoughts you watched the whole thing?
1: I enjoyed it. So the thing is I'm kind of a sucker for biopics and I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for movies that are like kind of big and grand like that yeah. like i wasn't crazy about the great gatsby because i don't think i'm that interested in the story of the great gatsby i never saw it but visually and like the music and all the stuff like all of the aesthetic of like the shit show mm-hmm. like, all the all of his aspects of it were pretty interesting and pretty fun and is
0: is that does Lerman have a term the way like Bayhem is a term uh, i don't
1: know maybe i'm not sure mm-hmm. He, he needs one. He absolutely yeah. needs his own term. Because yeah, when he makes a movie, it's always like turned up to a thousand. And it's just like... It, it might be a messy movie. It might not be perfect. But it'll always be entertaining. And it'll always be a very cinematic movie. Yeah. It's like... I don't know. It's a, kind of a paint-by-numbers biopic, certainly. Like, Austin Butler's doing something very different than what Tom Hanks is doing. But I still think, at the end of the day, your, your camera is swirling into photos and like you're spinning like a roulette wheel yeah. like you're just the camera's is doing crazy shit that it's like okay this is just gonna be a wild ride
0: I feel like the insanity of Tom Hanks performance makes sense for the insanity <laughs> of everything that's happening formally um
1: yeah yeah I'm curious what you see if you were able to finish it what do you think about the ending because it does get very okay. it, it kind of sad but it also does kind of gloss over other parts of his career like it's more focused on just like the beginning and then things get really sour
0: like I only watched either I watched half of it because it's like a three hour movie or something no
1: it Uh, felt like three hours uh it might be like 245 okay because
0: it just at a certain point it just kind of felt like noise to me like I felt like I didn't have any time to really like care about anything that was happening at any moment because it just kept fucking moving
1: yeah Um, I understand that um also one of the things that i feel like becomes a big part of that movie is like you have a, a biopic it's set in like the late 50s early 60s and 70s it's like it becomes also a movie about these huge events like these historical events that are happening it's like it's hard to take time to focus on elvis when it's like oh you're focusing on elvis while he's reacting to dr king getting shot but it's like yeah. it's you're, you're bouncing it's around so, so much there's just like there's so much shit to kind of like cover and like really touch on and it's really difficult when you're just going at this breakneck speed
0: the it has everything to do with us moment <laughs> is so fucking strange because it's
1: like why <laughs> like, why is, does it that, that and the zoom in on like the <laughs> he's white is also really hilarious when it's, like he just <laughs> zooms in It makes such a big moment of <laughs> yeah. it and, yeah, that should have been the whole trailer which yeah I probably would have been much more excited to go see it in Korea if I had the opportunity to because I feel like I would have loved seeing it in theaters even if it wasn't like
0: I I it definitely would have been serviced by seeing it in the theater way more than watching it at HBO on HBO Max at home. Or HBO Go, it's Go now, right? Is it Max? Uh,
1: it's, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah, but that's that's the, the first thing kind of on my list. I feel like also, the Golden Globes were well, like two nights ago, and yeah. I think that if we're getting into award season, we're getting into that conversation. I think that it is very possible that that is, like, a front-runner front for more, like... It feels like a safe choice for being, like, you know, best picture. Or, best picture? I think yeah.
0: so. I don't know. <laughs> like, I've, I, he's been getting a lot of praise for his performance, mm-hmm. so I could see maybe he gets, like, a performance nomination. But, I, like, I didn't finish the movie. I was completely overwhelmed by it, so it's okay. just hard for me to get behind it. Okay. Maybe, like, yeah, maybe that ending is, like, really impactful.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just... It definitely made me a little bit more sympathetic and it may help me understand the idea of this performer and just like him kind of being shackled into Las Vegas and just yeah. being like stuck there. Interesting. But mainly my point mentioning the Academy Awards and the war season is like the big thing between people in our circle and our friends is like everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. was like the big movie of yeah. last year, and that's what people really are like rooting for. And I would love for it to win Best Picture. This is kind of like a whole different conversation, but like mm-hmm. I, I would love for it to win, and I would love for Michelle Yeoh to like you go. I would love for it to sweep. <laughs> just, like yeah. to to get nominated for everything and win everything. But if that doesn't happen, I think something like Elvis would also be like a quote unquote safer choice for.
0: Like, I I think it's gonna be. I haven't seen everything. Like, that, I don't even know, like, ha, ha, are the nominees for the Oscars even out yet? No,
1: but this, it's just, like, the buzz is starting to happen. It's like, yeah. there's a lot of nominees that got put up for the Golden Globes, but there's way more categories than the Golden Globes.
0: So. And I've also heard the Golden Globes are kind of
1: fake. Yeah, kind of, sort of. It's, it's <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, Emmys is all TV, Oscars is all movies, and Golden Globes is, like, right in the center. But so. it's like, <laughs> it has
0: something to do with, like, the politics of the Golden Globes, make it more there's some 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 sort of weird thing where mm. it's like people are like yeah the Golden Globes are like a little fake
1: gotcha <laughs> maybe I don't know it could be all the facade it could all be which <laughs> should be interesting but yeah I still think it's nice even if that were the case it's nice that Kihei Kwan got like yeah. his moment like Jennifer Coolidge was able to like have a longer speech Michelle Yeoh was able to like she almost got played off, but then she just like the yeah, she, like, keep talking,
0: threatened and... the <laughs> yeah. people with violence. She was
1: like, I will beat you up." The <laughs> <a laughs> threat you don't want yeah. thrown towards you, but yeah, I was like, "This is kind of cool," and I appreciate that the people we really like and adore, are at least getting those accolades.
0: Yeah, I think best picture nominees for Oscars are going to be. My guesses are everything. I'm hope I'm thinking everything everywhere is going to get a nom. I don't think it's going to win. I think yeah. the I think the butt plug scene is going to be what. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it not a winner.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, their other was the the one with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Fableman's? No. The one that came out before uh, the uh, FAR the, movie. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> Swiss Army Man.
1: Yeah, Swiss Army Man is also yeah. just that being on their resume might yeah. <laughs> turn
0: them Um, <laughs> I think Banshees of Sharon will get a nomination. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. thinking it might win. Um, I, I, I believe so, too. I wouldn't be upset. I really like that movie. Yeah. Um, um, I think Triangle of Sadness could get a nomination. Yeah, I could maybe see that. Tar with Cape Lion. Yeah,
1: definitely Tar for sure. Um, not sure about what else.
0: After Sun is getting a lot of praise. I haven't seen it
1: yet. Um, um, I think Amsterdam could get some. I don't. I didn't like it. But I, that, that
0: movie seems incredibly divisive.
1: <laughs> yeah. From what I've seen. Um, yeah, I I saw it, but wasn't crazy. Oh enough. wait, now
0: I'm thinking of Babylon.
1: Yeah, Amsterdam. I I think a lot of people didn't like that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the David O. Russell one. Yeah. Christian Bale's great in it, but yeah, Christian Bale... That's Bale's the
0: one great. where Taylor Swift gets hit by a car, right?
1: <laughs> Yes. Okay, so it could, um, it could get a nomination, yeah. Um. Uh, let's say it's like the best scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely elevates okay. it. Well, I saw the best scene on Twitter. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, that's... that's for the Elvis, that's my number five. What's, uh, what's on your...
0: your okay, list? so I got... Yeah, I got seven things on here. I only have, like, small things written for two of these. Um, and so... Bones and all is the first thing on my list. Um, okay. It's it was nice to see Mike uh, Mark Rylance playing a weirdo, like a villain. Uh, but otherwise, I didn't really care for it. Okay. <laughs> um, so it Timothy felt. Chalamet one. Uh, yeah, Timothy uh, Chalamet Campbell movie. Okay. Uh, I thought it felt very amateur. Uh, I, I went into it knowing nothing about it. Like I saw it with Kevin, all I knew was Timothy Chalamet's in it, and there's like a Campbell thing. Gotcha. Um, and so. I thought, like, I was like, this feels like someone's, like, first feature. Like, there's, like, mm. a weird sort of, like, trying to be our artsy vibe here. And then the credits roll, and it's like, oh, this is a Luca Guadagnino movie. Oh, okay. uh, like, an established filmmaker. Um, and I just, I really didn't care for it. It felt like mm. Twilight for a AT- Zoomers is the way I would put it. Okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, very, like, YA. Um, okay. And it was also interesting, because there was a... A group of like four teenage girls sitting in the row behind us, and like they were just squealing the whole time. Like, every time, just loved it. like, uh, there's a part where uh, Timothy Chalamet like asks the the lead, uh, he's like, Do you want to get in? like, to like his car, and like one of the girls behind us was just like, Yes, <laughs> so yes! I'm glad it was working for someone, you know, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I don't know, it was. Mark Rylance with a ponytail, being a weird cannibal was kind of the highlight for
1: me. I I might have to go see it just for that. (laughs) But I like Mark Rylance
0: a lot. It also kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, Near Dark, um, which is the, uh... Gosh, Catherine Bigelow movie? Yes, Um, okay, yeah. Catherine Bigelow vampire movie. Where it is just kind of like... It's just a vibe. Like, you're just kind of, like, sitting with a vibe for a while. And, like, plot-wise, character-wise, not that great, but maybe if you can get on
1: wavelength of the vibe. Maybe you can just enjoy that. Totally. Um but uh yeah, so that's that's mine. And I just said Jeremy Renner, but he's not in that movie. This is the older one from the 80s. Yes. Yeah, Near
0: Dark is with uh we were talking about it time <laughs> Yeah. Bill yeah, Bill Okay.
1: For sure. Okay.
0: Uh, what's next for you?
1: Uh, so next yeah. on mine is uh, kind of ties into talking about a theater experience. This Tuesday for five dollar Tuesdays, I went to my local theater and I saw Megan. In oh
0: yeah, uh, was yeah like, I haven't seen
1: it. Uh, I, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, I think movies like that, I think it always helps to be in a the theater. Like a good yeah. PG thirteen horror movie, it's like helps see it in a group of people. Sorry, see it with a group of people. The group next to me was kind of like silent and not into it. But there was an older gentleman in her aisle. Every time something would get suspenseful, he would go, oh, he would just like, and that would happen multiple, multiple times huh. during like a scene. So it'd just be like rising tension. He'd go, oh, oh. <laughs> Did this so, enhance or <laughs> worsen? I think it might have enhanced it. Okay. I think it helped it. Um, yeah. It's not like a super bloody horror movie, but I think it works. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's very silly. I think the memes definitely helped like the trailer and everything it's just a fucking dancing sassy fucking girl robot that just slashes people up and apparently the original screenplay is a little bit more gory and they kind of had to edit it down (laughs) Um, I think it's like a double bladed sword in that case because I feel like a PG thirteen movie might make more money, but the reputation of it might kind of suffer because yeah. people might be like, "Oh, it's like watered down." There is some, you yeah. know, kind of Malignant pulls. it was better. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think. I don't know. I I feel like if it's more accessible, I think that's really good. And like you know, it made its budget back, but like you know. T- like, twice over at this point it's like 12 million and it made like 50 million. or something
0: Are we like gonna that. see a Megan yeah. malignant crossover?
1: I mean I'm I'm, I, I'm down for them to to revisit to to go back to the well and to to do more. I think that yeah, as long as that like sort of blumhouse circle of people can sort of just make more movies, I think it's always yeah. more fun. Um, yeah, it's good like theater popcorn schlock. Uh, it's nothing like groundbreaking um, but I think yeah, it's still like a fun theater movie for sure yeah.
0: Uh, I guess next up for me is another movie I don't have a ton to say about. It's Tar with okay. Kate Blanchett. Like, did you see it?
1: No, I really want to.
0: Like, definitely very good, but I don't have any strong feelings about <laughs> it. <laughs> like, oh, I got out of the theater being like, yeah, that was good. And I feel like in a year, mm-hmm. nothing will have stuck with me from this movie. Like, yeah,
1: that's a good way to look
0: at it. Like, so. Kate Blanchett is great, but that's also unsurprising. So yes, it's yeah. like... It, it, there was, like, nothing from that movie that I feel, like, particularly excited by. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, like, I keep... I'm, like, reading, like, reviews online and reading all this praise. Uh, people talking about, like, it's the cancel culture movie of, like, this generation uh-huh. or something like that. It's, like, it's... It's mo- about more than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that seems okay. like you're kind of undervaluing it because the cancel culture is, like, a component of it. Yeah. But it's mostly about, like... Like, that is a response to what this movie is about, which is about woman, like, kind of abusing her position of power, and, like... Gotcha. The paranoia, yeah. and, like, the... I don't know. Like, she can't distance herself... Like, she knows what she's doing, and she yeah. can't distance herself from knowing what she's doing, Uh even though she tries to pretend, like, she's not doing what she's doing. Yeah, and
1: also, I want to mention, this is about, like, a real person, too, right? Like, the actual, like, composer, well, I, right? I didn't... I, I don't know. I thought, <laughs> I, the, I don't think it is. I thought the... Person was like real, like that's like an actual female composer that it was based on. Uh let me see here. Not a real person. Not a real person? Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh what was weird about this movie was when we went to go see it in theaters, it was uh a preview for this movie about I wanna say it's called She Said. Uh it's a movie about Harvey Weinstein and like gotcha. yes, yeah. uh journalists like investigating his allegations. Uh and so it was interesting seeing this preview before this movie Tar and then watching Tar, which is about uh, a gay woman, um, kind of like abusing her uh, power. And it, like, I couldn't help but think, like, why did they make this about a gay woman? Like, mm-hmm. why did why did they make this about a man? Like, what is this trying to explore in that way? Um, I don't know. Maybe they maybe it was just more of an interesting dynamic. I don't, I don't really
1: know. I, yeah. But yeah. No, sure. And like a... uh, She Said is a narrative, correct? It's not a documentary.
0: Or... Uh, yeah, it's
1: like a, oh, okay. a, a drama. Yeah, I've heard about that. I'm really interested in that. Here's some good things. Mm-hmm. That's nice for you. So for me, next on my list... <clears throat> it's kind of like a a two-parter thing because both of these movies sort of visually and kind of aesthetically share a similar space in my mind. You you can sort of chime in and say if you agree or not. But, (coughs) excuse me, Um, both of these are two movies I wish I was able to see in theaters and really regretted just having to just watch in my studio alone because I was like, these are fucking great movies. I would love to see the reactions from people. First one is The Menu and the second Mm -hmm. one is Glass Onion. And I feel like they both kind of feel like going to private islands and you're sort of orbiting around like an eccentric person, like at the center, uh, anchored by very, very good actors in both movies, of uh, Glass Indian being... Uh, uh, Edward Norton. Norton as the crazy billionaire and then uh, the menu being Ray Fiennes as the, the chef and yeah I enjoyed both of them a lot um, I think Glass Onion is a good time I actually might have liked it a little bit more than Knives Out because it didn't have mm. as much hype around it I know you were a big fan of Knives Out yeah, and I had a lot of friends that fucking loved it and people were really talking that movie up and by the time I saw it I was like oh this is good like it's a solid movie it didn't like, quite blow me away I feel like Glass Onion, which is like a really good, just kind of sneak this in there. People might be skeptical of a sequel. It's kind of a, don't you know, and a, it, it, it might look... I'm smiling a, at you right now. I feel like you're reading into that. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, I I feel like the setup and the pitch of that movie, it seems like it might be a little bit unappealing and like maybe too soon for a sequel, but I think it, it worked really well. And, I don't know. It was a good uh, time. What did you think of Glass Onion?
0: I just, I, did I not talk to you about the menu? No. Okay. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I wasn't sure, like, when making my list, like, if I was going too far back. But I, I also saw the menu, and I also saw Glass Onion, and I also compared the two. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Perfect. perfect. I saw Glass Onion before I saw the menu. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I got to see Glass Onion for the one week where it was in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I actually wrote a ton of stuff about Glass Onion. Uh, I might just like read through that before I get to the menu. But um, yeah. So all right. So I'll say. I have a few friends who absolutely hated Glass Onion, uh, which is really funny to me because to me, it feels like a harmless movie that you watch with your parents. Like, it doesn't (laughs) feel like something super serious. And uh, when I saw it in theaters, it was a fucking packed screening and the energy of that movie totally works. Like, the crowd was super into it. Yeah. Uh, Like, if you look at the reviews, you look at social media, like, it's all the same. Like, it seems to be, like, overwhelmingly a success. So I'm really surprised by, like, (laughs) some of this, like, backlash I'm seeing. Yeah um but i also feel like the movie for me i felt like i was kind of asked to put in a lot of work to like get on its wavelength because like first off it's a covid movie that was written in 2020 yes yes so like a lot of people hate i I remember like during the pandemic people being like don't make movies about the pandemic please none of us want to (laughs) remember it yeah yeah um and so i feel like I had to kind of engage with it as like a time capsule of 2020 specifically of for like, sure, for sure. like our attitudes, the culture, the perceptions of like the early pandemic was different than mm-hmm. it was like a year and a half later. Like it was so it's like I treated it like a time capsule and like that is me kind of putting an effort to get on on the wavelength. Uh, Ryan Johnson, I also feel like he has a specific sense of humor that I don't always vibe with. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. sometimes like he comes off as like thinking is a little more clever than he really is and so like I also had to like within those first 15 minutes get on his wavelength mm, um, yeah, yeah. and I had to be willing to play ball and I think if you're willing to play ball with that movie and have fun with it then like y- you'll have a good time yeah, but like yeah. if you're just like fuck this what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you're gonna have a miserable time. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Janelle Monet was fucking great. Um, there's a joke involving a hot sauce bottle that I think is fantastic (laughs) and the setup and payoff of it is incredible. Um, I heard Kate Hudson said that she had, um, this realization that her character only understands every third word and so she (laughs) played into that and I think it's really funny to watch the movie, like, keeping that in mind. Oh, wow, that's great. Um, I think the thing I find most interesting about it is that it takes this risk halfway through with its structure, um... I feel like that risk, like, sucks all of the momentum out of the movie, which is really... Like, that's why I call it a risk. It's not just, like, a yeah, structural yes, move. Yes, like, yeah. it is a huge fucking risk. Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but, like, I can absolutely see and I understand people hating, like, one of the reveals that happens with that
1: risk. Yeah, um, I feel but, like we could spoil it now, but... <laughs> okay,
0: spoiler alert, there's a twin involved. <clears throat> like, I can see some people encountering the twin reveal and being like yeah. what the fuck is this?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it does it, it does like kind of like a one two punch thing where it's like you you're getting invited to this eccentric billionaires like murder mystery party yeah. and then Benoit claire is going to be there but then oh he fucking solves it literally within yeah. moments Which of down. yeah yeah it's a, like uh, cuz it's, it's set yeah.
0: up really well with like he's yeah. eager because of the pandemic Yeah yeah it's just mm-hmm. like
1: so ready to do it I, like so it subverts it on one level but then after like 20 or 30 minutes after that you're kind of like hmm you're in you in a weird space and then it does the swish and then you're like okay either you're on board at that point or it's, just, it's fucking
0: crazy yeah and it's another thing where it's like you have to kind of put in the work <laughs> like emotionally, of uh, being like, okay, well, let me like accept what has happened and like see where this is going. Yeah. Um, and the, like, where does it end up going? Like, I think the ending is a little weak. Like, I I don't think it's super satisfying. Okay. okay. Um, I think it makes sense. Like, I I like the pieces come together in a way that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, yeah. Some people were upset with like. I guess we're in spoiler territory. Yes, yeah. Like, they were upset with, like, the Mona Lisa getting destroyed, and it's like, don't be a fucking baby. It's not
1: real. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, fictional Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah. In a movie.
0: Like, grow up. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I thought that, yeah, it was, if you're gonna, yeah, if you have the power to do something like this in a movie, yeah, have a fucking prop Mona Lisa and have your villain yeah, fuck about. It yeah, like, like, and it
0: ties in, to, like, what the characters has been saying the whole time, which is, like, they want to be remembered alongside the Mona Lisa. Yes, like, yeah. I think maybe it would have been a little more satisfying if... General Monet's character tricked Edward Norton into destroying it, rather than destroying it herself. Yeah. Because then it's like, then you don't have that segment of the audience who's upset about it being like, feeling like it um, destroys our investment in the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, or sympathy with the protagonist. Um but at the same time it's just like I don't fucking care yeah, yeah <laughs> I like, totally don't give a shit um, I think it's just like everything happens a little too quick with like people jumping on board and breaking things and it's like it just felt a little extravagant and, like, the explosion, and no one's harmed. Gosh, gotcha, Like, yeah, it felt—it just felt a little weird, where okay, I was like, yeah. eh, I'm kind of... Now I'm, like, being asked to take, take a lot of leaps. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is, that is, uh, fair. Like, you got me to take some leaps to be on your wavelength, but now I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I don't
1: know about this. that is, that is a very good point. Yeah, it does get a little bit wonky towards the end. Yeah, because, yeah, you're, like, throwing around all these glass pieces, like, all of the stuff inside of this massive room is, like, made of... This substance, and so yeah, there's shadowing yeah. everything, yeah, so it just kind of over the top, and one thing that kind of made the experience a little bit also a little bit imperfect for me is I was watching it on Netflix, and so there's a moment where a character is essentially poisoned, and like there's a moment where it happened, oh, yeah. and I was watching it, and I was like, hold on, pause for you wine was like I just, like, just, oh, kind of, I just okay. like focused right in on that moment see
0: like and, I thought I knew like i I remember seeing he handed him the glass, yes, and yeah. then we get the false uh. Flashback. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe I didn't, and yeah. so like it totally like I had no choice but to go along with it. Yeah, the exactly, yeah. And then so when <laughs> when it gets called back to, and it's like, what did you actually say? And yeah, it was like yeah. I was right. Yes, like I thought that was like really satisfying
1: yeah at home I was like fuck like this is the Netflix <laughs> generation of me doing it like that yeah. like I'm gonna make sure you spoiled sure it for yourself <laughs> yeah, spoiled it for myself impatient in, in, I've read
0: about a lot of people doing shit like that like rewinding <laughs> they, like she bumped into him like noticing all these details yeah
1: and it's kind of hard to just like not do it because I was like fuck it like I'm here like I'm yeah. fucking smoking and watching I'm having a good time like I'm enjoying it like yeah. I'm having fun with it but yeah, kind of scrubbing through, but going back to the menu, I think it's really interesting that both these movies came out this year, and that they have a very similar sort of ex- aesthetic, where it's an ensemble cast, eccentric person at the center, but the menu is making this whole commentary on, like, consuming food, and how it's like we're in this culture of, like, Instagram culture, but also, like, criticism, and, like, how your criticism can just, like, completely destroy a person's career, and just the eccentric chef kind of going to the extreme. And the connection of... between, like, criticism and production.
0: Yeah. Like... I don't know. Um, see, I didn't care for the menu. Okay. Uh, and for me, it was like I didn't. I, I. I. This is okay. I saw the trailers for the menu, and I already didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> like I. I like wasn't into those trailers, and it got good reviews. So I was like, okay, like, I'll, I'll, like I'll go check it out. Like yeah. I got invited by some friends to go see it. Um. So it's unfair of me because I kind of already made up my mind. Gotcha. But um. Like, watching that movie, and I think having seen Glass Out, what it kind of illuminated for me is that the menu, it feels like we are presented with these caricatures, these straw men that the movie is allowed to push down. And, and I, part of what I'm thinking of specifically is those, the food critics who are, yeah. like, eating, and, like, throughout all this chaos, they're trying to, like, you know, overlook it and still continue to, like, be food critics. Yeah, And, yeah. Um, and it's just ridiculous... Um, and it feels like to me, uh, if you're setting up a straw man to push them over in your movie, how much of a victory is that? Um, how much of a valid criticism is that? And why I, what I think is interesting is because Glass Onion also very much sets up caricatures. Yeah. However, what Glass Onion does is it feels like it gives those characters a little bit of humanity, uh, because... Ultimately, what it does is it says like, "Well, these character like part of the reason these characters are the way they are is because they're groveling for money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they've been corrupted. Yeah, um, and so it feels like giving them that extra bit of dimensionality like does a lot of lifting and helps. Yeah, sell def- for me. definitely,
1: definitely. Um, so, so yeah, I wasn't totally. Yeah, I think it also helps that even though I do, I am sort of. Very <laughs> carelessly comparing the two for aesthetic reasons. No, I, think, I mean,
0: I think it's totally valid.
1: Yeah, I think there's more of a careful hand with Glass on the end of Ryan Johnson be more focused on like the five or six characters in that movie as opposed to like the ten or so that are in the menu. There's just like yeah. way more characters going on.
0: And, like, and the menu, like, it does give, like, it's mostly just those two characters that are like painted weirdly. And then, yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, our, like, main dude. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, yeah. He's he's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like, John Leguizamo's character, like, feels more like a human.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. um... I mean, it's mostly him. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I appreciate just the ridiculousness of some yeah. of the things, like, the plate like the plates kind of going yeah. along with like how the movie is progressing so like yeah. when yeah the guy he like when he makes his bullshit they're like oh yes it's his bullshit like it's yeah. jeremy's bullshit or like when they are chasing the men out in the field and like, he goes to a chicken coop and then he gives him like a yeah like a fancy like a deviled some, egg or some something. satisfying
0: punchlines <laughs> yeah
1: I think those things like being work coming from the food industry like be, being in the kitchen and stuff like Interesting. that <laughs> it helps just kind of like expressed, like, just those frustrations in a really, like, interesting way. And, yeah. Yeah, it is, like, I think very uh, obvious and over heavy-handed with what it try, was trying to say. Like, yeah. literally dunking the angel investor with angel wings into the ocean as yeah. you're, like, killing him. Oh, that was also very satisfying. Yeah, he's like, yeah. well, now I'm free. And it's like, like it's, <laughs> not,
0: and it's, not, it's not like I didn't have a good time watching it. Like, I yeah. was totally engaged. Uh, it's just, yeah, there was, like... I couldn't help but compare it to Glass, Class Onion, and figure out like, okay, why do why do these certain elements in that movie work versus this one? Uh, yeah, it's fun, fun comparing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, next thing on my list, pretty brief, is Fresh. Have you seen Fresh? No, um, did not see Fresh. This is a movie my friend Caitlin told me about. Uh, it's kind of an odd one. So, it's, it starts off with, like, just being about, like, the horrors of being a woman navigating the dating scene, and mm-hmm. then it turns into something that's, like, much more sinister and overtly horrific. Okay. Um, it has <laughs> something having to do with cannibalism, mm-hmm. the oh. cannibalism movie. Cannibalism really hot right now, apparently. Yeah, a lot of them too, um, But, like, the movie also has this, like, weird sense of humor that kind of undercuts everything, which makes it kind of uh, a weird viewing experience, because, like, you want to take like the awful stuff that's happening in that movie seriously but then you also have like Sebastian Stan who plays like the villain that's spoiler alert <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like dancing around like, <laughs> and all this stuff and I don't know it, it's a little playful with its style sometimes And um, but I did really enjoy it and um, I feel like it sits alongside like other horror movies from this year like Barbarian Smile mm-hmm. um, so like if you like those movies I feel like this is <laughs> of the same caliber and like add that to your list okay but yeah that's all I have on Fresh,
1: Fresh. yeah yeah like, I feel weird I've like been not watching trailers at all so like you mentioned the trailer for the menu like I didn't see that and like I've don't think I've heard about Fresh either these are all
0: yeah I, I only heard about it from my friend um, I know it was on Hulu I think I scrolled past it sometimes and then she was like did you watch Fresh like you gotta watch Fresh and then one of my bosses was like overheard us talking and he's like are you talking about Fresh that's a great movie
1: <laughs> okay sweet okay check it out um okay so next on mine is a little mixture does it look good it look, levels are good checking that zoom um it's kind of like a, a combination of things um it's more of like a shout out to aubrey plaza i've just been watching a lot mm. of aubrey plaza stuff and so over like december i was really big into season two of white lotus yeah that absolutely was, that was for sure like awesome but also, two movies she's in, one from this year, uh, was Emily the Criminal, which I had a really good time watching. I think it's from, uh, from 2022. I think so. Uh, I
0: mean, at least, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah,
1: yeah that, was a, that was awesome. Really like that. And also, um, if we mentioned on the show Ingrid Goes West, yeah. and I finally got around to watching that this morning, which I had a really good time watching. But yeah, she's on a great upswing right now with her career, especially with... Uh, the White Lotus, I think she had a really great performance in that, and just like being at the center of just, like, this crumbling kind of relationship, this weird fucked up vacation, I think those shows, sorry, each season of that show is just like good television, it's just beautiful people in beautiful yeah. exotic locations <laughs> dealing with Im- like uh, like a drama and a murder that happens, and so it's hard to kind of if you have a pulse, you'll most likely be interested in, in watching those shows, and yeah, season two is a lot of fun, and Uh, they play a lot on just, like, the really small, like, questions of, like, oh, like, did they actually do something behind closed doors? Or, like, what happens if a couple kind of scurries off onto an island by themselves? And they play with that tension really well. But I also had a really great time watching Emily the Criminal. Um, Just, yeah, a nice, really small, independent movie that, yeah, even though it's, like, low budget, it still feels like it packs, like, a lot of uh, emotional impact, and it's, like, a lot of fun to watch
0: um i also have white lotus on my list um and yeah i just think mike white is fucking brilliant (laughs) Um, i think it uh it deserves to be regarded alongside like the best that hbo has to offer um i think he's great at crafting characters and crafting conflict and drama and comedy and it's gleeful to watch these horrible dysfunctional people self-destruct yeah um and also, if you finish White Lotus and you decide you kind of want more Mike White, at least, mm. uh, watch Survivor Season 37, David versus Goliath, because after watching Season 2 of White Lotus, it's very clear, like, mm. of course Mike White is a Survivor fan. But not only is he a Survivor mm. fan, he was on the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, he was a contestant. Oh, wow. uh, and so, yeah, it was like, we watched it, I think it's on Hulu, uh, Survivor Season 37, David vs. Goliath. Um, wow. and like we kind of just fast forwarded and like watched his parts, gotcha, yeah. but, um, yeah, pretty good, pretty, pretty fun TV, like Sweet. fun
1: little follow-up uh, to White Lotus. Wow. Would not have ever guessed that, that he was on Survivor. Uh,
0: I think like when you think about, especially in season two of White Lotus, like the way everyone's kind of playing each other and yeah, like yeah. And all the deception and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he fucking loves reality television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. course.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, it was one of those shows I was kind of skeptical about because I was like, I don't know if I want to get into it.
0: Because it was like the moment sort of thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It was was definitely fucking everywhere on social media. And I was like, I I don't know. It's like, it's just going to be rich people being dicks. And I was not really interested in just seeing that. But somehow it magically works and everything is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, the right amount of cynical and the right amount of murder and the right amount of gorgeous people. (laughs) It's just like a nice good blend of everything.
0: I yeah. think yeah it works cuz it's like not just rich people big dicks it's also the people who hate them. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge is really great. She's having a great time and yeah, deservingly winning awards for her fun performance in that. Yeah. Um,
0: um I guess next on my list is uh, Avatar: Way of Water. Oh, sure. Did you have that on your list? It's not or? on my list, but I definitely <laughs> I saw I know it. you saw it. <laughs> um so yeah i'll I'll just kind of go through my notes here um i absolutely hated the first movie uh it brought me great agony to sit through it haunted me for years so when i saw this my expectations were underground uh but i was definitely curious about it because i wanted to know what 3d with 48 frames (laughs) per second looks like i couldn't help but get caught up in like that specific technological thing okay um And so the answer for that is, like, it feels great. I like high frame rate 3D. I think it definitely helps sell the movie as, like, a spectacle. Yeah. But uh, that's an answer to a question that I figured out in five minutes, and this is a three-hour movie. So for the first hour, I was mostly in my own head. I was thinking about the first movie, thinking about the white savior nonsense. Thinking about how that movie and this movie will make billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. How the various indigenous cultures that this movie took influence from will not see a dime of those billions <laughs> of dollars. How the Thinking about the 3D, thinking about the frame rate, um, and how the main draw of these movies are that they are showcased for special effects that will be commonplace 10 years after their release. So what sort of staying power do they have? Um, so I missed a lot because I was all <laughs> in my head like during that first hour. I also need to mention, I drank a Moscow Mule and a tall can during the screening. Okay. So, uh, having said all that, I had a decent time. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> was, I, was, I had a much better experience with Avatar 2 than I did with the first one. Um, I hated how the first one had Jake Sully recording vlogs as a stand-in for voiceover. and this one, they just, they're just like, fuck it, here's voiceover. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hated the dialogue in the first movie. This movie, James Cameron, is working with two other screenwriters and there are large chunks of the movie that take place underwater, so no one is speaking. (laughs) Great. Um,
1: That's true, That's very true.
0: And I also, like, this movie, it, like, focuses on younger characters, so it feels more like a YA movie, and I feel like I'm a little more tolerant of, like, dumb bullshit in movies if I know that it's targeted towards a younger audience. Like, if I'm, like, I can, like, sort of, like, uh... Distance myself and be like, well, it's not for me. Sure, sure. Some of yeah, events. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like, I had a better time. Like, there's some weirdness in it. There's a Navi wearing sunglasses. Uh, a whale gets its skull drilled into. Drilled into. Um, but there's a moment at towards the end where like one of our main Navi girls like wears some sort of bioluminescent manta ray like a pair of wings, and it's just like an <laughs> insane visual to see in 3D and high frame right? Um but yeah, it's a fine movie. Uh when it comes to like weird, like big budget special effects blockbusters that James Cameron has been attached to in recent years. Elite battle angels still So <laughs> <laughs> like a <Alita> boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That movie is so much weirder with all the body horror shit. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I am much more interested in that than I am interested in Avatar. Yeah,
1: hey, Avatar is for the yeah, it's for the mainstream. Literally, it's for the <laughs> it's for the mainstream viewer, okay. very much so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's very mixed. Like, it, I do appreciate like on a movie at that scale, you sort of get to have a moment where there's like a very painful whale hunting scene mm-hmm. where it's like a whale is getting like hunted and like fucking like killed and harvested for like yeah the breath. harvesting
0: was the interesting yeah part like
1: a me. resource for it and then like to see like that animal get revenge on a poacher and like yeah. rip its arm off it's like really satisfying yeah. for, for and you like know
0: it. like see that's another thing I had in my notes is like if he did a rated R1 and yeah. like got crazy with it because yeah. like we get that one R arm tearing scene yeah, yeah. It's like, you know he wants to do more of that. yeah
1: he definitely could get absolutely insane right. with it but yeah it's, it's yeah it's very middle of the ground yeah we have a lot of uh the word bro shows up quite a bit oh, in that yeah. third act yeah just i can't feel like yeah the actor's kind of like improvising and just being like okay we're on a big big budget film action set just kind of get these different point a to point b but yeah your actors aren't as capable of being articulate in those moments and being able to say like, oh let's go bro we gotta get out of here bro it just it starts yeah, yeah. to not work and yeah that actor kind of frustrated me a little bit too that mm-hmm. uh, Spider? Yeah, Spider. Wasn't, wasn't crazy about Spider. Burning Man? Yeah. Yeah, definitely has like a vibe. And yeah, it's like you know all these characters are going to be sticking around and kind of staying around for these further installments because that's what's going to be happening. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not sure. It's like... It's a fine... I think it's an okay movie. I don't think it's yeah. as offensive as the first one. But um, yeah, it is... I don't know, yeah, it's, like, we're getting back into this machine of, like, yeah, like, just make this big franchise piece, big franchise spectacle. And yeah, I think it does have something to say, but, yeah, it's, like I say it's, it's more just for the visuals, and that's, like, the main thing we're here for.
0: Yeah, it's, like, I can't imagine being sincerely, like, thrilled about it. Like, yeah. I can imagine, uh, like, I understand, like, people who are ironically, like, jumping on, like, the Avatar train, yeah. like, as a joke, but it's, like, I can't, like, I, I will always remember, um... Like, AJ worked at the theater that we saw it at, yeah. and it was either him or our friend Crusher who said that, like, a man came out of the theater and was crying and <laughs> saying, like, I'm just so glad they got to be together. It. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: The way that movie affected people.
1: Yeah, it's like, I didn't see the first one at all until this past year in Korea. It's like, the first time I saw it was in theaters in Korea, in 3D, and I was like, okay, this is cool. But, like, I definitely don't feel like I missed out on something like the past couple of years. And so, the 3D technology wasn't even as impactful as it probably would have been to me in 2009. But it still was like, okay, yeah, like, it's it's gorgeous. Even the frame rate stuff didn't quite stick out to me. That wasn't even like a... Something that registered. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, it may not have been at every screening. Like okay. Frame rate. okay. So, like, because it's it's pretty obvious. Like, every underwater scene is like 48 frames per second. Like, okay. We saw it at uh Dimetreon in the Dolby Cinema. Um, but then there are also weird scenes where it's like he'll be like going kind of back and forth, like within a single scene, mm. just like a shot. will be 48 frames per second, and then the other shot will be like 24. <laughs> oh, um which is kind of jarring uh but it also feels like i don't know like maybe he like ramps it up over the course of the movie so like by the end you're like getting way more of it and you've got gotcha. accustomed to it or maybe i was just drunk i don't know
1: <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've heard other people mention it. It's just something that whenever the conversation comes up, whether it be in movies or video games, usually when it starts getting into the frames per second, I'm not as sharp no, no. as noticing it. It's like something that I'm just like, if you point it out to me, i be like, okay, then I notice it. But like, there
0: were moments towards the end where, so it's like motion smoothing on a TV. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. That's that stuff I notice, yeah. Yeah, like, that, and it can be really distracting, but there are moments in this movie where, I definitely had to remind myself, like, oh, nothing I'm looking at is real. Like, yeah. everything is fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And I think the 48 frames per second helps sell it, because, like, a lot of people, when they complain about motion smoothing, they they think, like, um, like, this, this feels like a play. Like, this feels like mm-hmm. a stage show. Like, there's something weird. Like, it feels more real and artificial at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, these moments of, like, these two Navi fighting in yeah. high frame rate, uh... It, it feels like theater, but none of it's real, which yeah. is bizarre. Uh,
1: yeah, I will say... I like it. <laughs> yeah, I will say I feel like I should have saw it in IMAX because the screen yeah. I saw it in was like a smaller screen in my local theater, so it always always kind of felt like a little bit more yeah. distant or whatever.
0: Yeah, the Metreon has the second largest IMAX screen in the country, and I've still never been
1: there. Dang. Yeah. Gotta put that on the list. Go see House Party on that screen. Mm-hmm. How many more are left on your list? On
0: mine, I think I have just one more thing.
1: Okay. Well, the last thing on my list, I think it might be, besides Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think it might be my favorite movie from last year. And the movie I wasn't really expecting to like as much as I did um, completely blew me away is the Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I fucking love this movie stop motion animation apparently has been in it was in production for like 15 years or something like that it came out last year amidst a flurry of other pinocchio things there's a tom hanks disney pinocchio movie there's like a dark souls kind of like pinocchio game have you heard about that no. yeah there's like a pinocchio dark souls kind of okay. like game where you play like a pinocchio going through dungeon crawling and shit okay. i think you i think you if you look at gameplay you might enjoy it um but yeah then there was another one there was like a another animated I mean, is one is
0: that like Life of P or something yeah The Lies yeah. of I yeah, I didn't like that. realize that was a Pinocchio thing. yeah it's like a
1: Pinocchio thing <laughs> okay uh, Pauly Shore voiced Pinocchio in an animated <laughs> in a movie that got memed out like crazy why cause, is this happening <laughs> I don't know there's a lot of Pinocchio <laughs> stuff from last year but uh, Guillermo del Toro's movie is clearly the, the best one high watermark, labor yeah. of love uh Ian, <laughs> Ewan McGregor plays, uh, like, the Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> he plays a uh, Seb- Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian Cricket. James Cricket. is fantastic. One of my favorite performances of the year. Just so, so great. And his little, like, posh, like, guider sort of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the person sort of trying to guide Pinocchio to be better, but Pinocchio is just hard-headed and, yeah. and foolhardy. And setting it in, like, 1930s fascist Italy is also a really bold very choice. Yeah, yeah just, uh, it just makes a very... Dark and entertaining watch And the songs are gorgeous And it's just so many good things In that movie that I just like The second I finished it I was like this is easily like One of the movies I want to champion the most From last year
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember The end of that movie because I remember the ending I felt like Oh yeah So it feels like okay spoiler alert (laughs) Yes Uh, It feels like what it's saying is What makes a person like a real, what makes a boy a real boy is that the potential for death. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, my immediate reaction to that was like, okay, if that's the point of the movie, then why did it need to be set in fascist Italy? But then like thinking about it more, it's like, well, they want what they, what they want. One of the things they want to explore is like, what makes a real boy is, uh, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, misbehaving. Yes, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, if all of these people... And, like, we're playing with the idea of a puppet. Yeah, um, yeah. And, like, the puppets are the people who do what they're told. And, like, the the real boy doesn't do what he he's told. He misbehaves. Yeah. Like, he kind of does his own thing. Uh, and that's what makes him real. Um,
1: yeah. You know. Guillermo del Toro mentioned that, at least in the Disney version... The moral of it is like doing what you're told is what you're supposed to do. It's like that is how you get saved from the circus and the monstrosities and being mm, turned I into these, these animals. Like, in order for those good things to happen, it's like you don't tell lies so your nose doesn't grow, but also like you, good boys do as it what they're told and they listen to Geppetto and mm. whatever. But here it's like everything is way more gray and like geppetto is very wrong and cynical and angry a lot of the times and but also like the other side of that the whole do what you're told thing is like this authoritarianism that's coming from fascism that's just like this weird connection between like yes like these older men and like the like the fascist youth and kind of just being like yes you're the model kid or whatever because you just do whatever you're told and having Pinocchio be at the center of that I think is really fascinating and really strange yeah. because yeah it's, it's a
0: all... like, huge choice to yeah. make.
1: Yeah, this huge like yeah, this huge fairy tale about playing with the idea of what what happens when I get to make these my own choices and where will that lead me out into the world and the world here is not like oh we're going into the whales and boys are being turned into donkeys like in Disneyland saying like, no here boys are being turned into fucking Nazis like yeah. in these fucking camps and shit and yeah, I don't know. It, it it really, really worked for me. It's very effective, and the music really won me over too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like. I kind of just threw it on one night
0: mm-hmm. randomly. Um, I I feel like it didn't quite. I didn't quite connect with it to the degree you did, um, but I think that is because I watched it on Netflix on TV, where I was like, <laughs> easily distracted and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to see it, Peter.
1: Definitely, yeah. I think um, also I, I think having it on Netflix helps too. Can you sort of rewatch it and sort of pause and kind of zone in on the details of the animation of everything. And I've only watched it one time, but mm-hmm. even that one time I watched it, I was like, "There's just so much here." And like when you're <laughs> doing stop motion, it's like you you really you can't afford to not put love and detail into the craft. Mm-hmm. And so it's obviously it's clearly there. I just need to take the time to kind of go back and revisit yeah. it
0: there's been some nice uh, behind the scenes videos floating around on like social media and stuff too yeah, yeah. Like, the whole process and it's just stop motion's fucking insane
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah give him the accolades give him all the awards I'm yeah. sure it'll win like best <laughs> animated I fucking hope so as opposed to I don't know what came out from Disney this year um, fucking uh, light year <laughs> oh man that, yeah, the that, which no one saw <laughs> yeah that, that would not be good if that won
0: Um, so yeah, the last thing on my list, it's a show that I just picked up this week. Um, I'm four episodes in and I think there's 10 episodes. It's called I Love That For You. Have you heard of this? No. Um, so the show follows a childhood cancer survivor who as an adult gets a host, uh, gets a job as a host on a home shopping network. And by the end of episode one, uh, she gets fired. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's been like her dream to be the host of... Uh, on, on a home shopping network. And she gets fired. And as she's being fired, she blurts out, I have cancer. <laughs> and so everyone feels sorry for her and she gets to keep her job. Oh, damn. Um, and it is a, it's a comedy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it stars uh, Vanessa Bayer, who's from SNL. Oh, okay. she gotcha, yeah. is an actual childhood cancer survivor. Oh, really? Um, and she's also a huge fan of the home shopping network. Um, so it's like semi-autobiographical. I pray she didn't actually lie about the yeah. answer to get to get ahead. Um, but yeah, the first two episodes are directed by Michael Showalter from Sweet. Okay. state of What Had American Summer. And so like if you're a fan of I Think You Should Leave or What Had American Summer, then like I think this movie, the show is perfect. Uh, it, I really, really, really recommend it. Um, yeah. I've had to pause it a few times because... <laughs> It can get, like, very cringe comedy. <laughs> I've had to, like, pause it and, like, step away for a moment. <laughs> um, Emily will, like, look at her phone, like, when we're watching sometimes because she's like, I can't look at the screen. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's very good. And it also will, like, sometimes go into, like, more heavy, heartfelt territory because you are dealing with cancer. yeah. yeah. And, like, you are dealing with this question of, like, like... it it, it grapples with like not wanting to be defined by your traumas um and like if you like my sister had cancer when she was 15 and so like i definitely see like you know people who, who childhood cancer survivors who have like struggled to find their way through adulthood like with survivor guilt all that stuff uh I don't know. It is a very interesting show. <laughs> like right. it's it's really 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 fucking good though. Okay. Uh, and the first two episodes are free on YouTube because it's a Showtime show, which means no one's gonna watch it. <laughs> God, oh, uh, Showtime. Yeah, tough. yeah, no one has fucking Showtime. But yeah, the first two episodes are on YouTube. Absolutely worth watching.
1: Yeah, Vanessa Bayer is awesome. I really enjoyed her when she was on SNL. She always kind of has a, a manic energy that reminded me of yeah. Molly Shannon. Yeah. Well the...
0: <laughs> Molly Shannon is on the show oh it's great and she's incredible <laughs>
1: um, I, I believe it <laughs> like
0: it's funny that you say that so it's like the idea is that when when Vanessa Bayer her character was in the hospital uh, that she would watch the home shopping network and uh, Molly Shannon is a host on the home shopping mm-hmm. network yeah. and she like dreams of being like Molly Shannon gosh gotcha. and then so she actually gets a, a job and like her and Molly Shannon are working alongside each other and yeah Molly Shannon's incredible That's perfect show. that's yeah. awesome very dope mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting that she's having
1: like a revival it feels like yeah yeah between like
0: this White Lotus
1: uh, the other two was like another HBO show yeah, yeah yeah I mean I'm always happy for a good later career kind of upswing mm-hmm. and like sort of people kind of turn it yeah, to so, yeah, I think it's really great for anyone who sort of if they want to do it and if that's their goal and they can sort of successfully make that shift, fucking Batista has been doing great. Like, he's, like, the trailers for the new M. Night Shyamalan movie has been playing. Oh, yeah. and like, say what you will about his movies. and <laughs> they, they are hit or miss. But um, they're always, I think they're, they are always very fascinating and, and interesting in their structure and their layout and their mystery and their tone. And I think this new one is kind of, kind of fun. It looks like, yeah, it's like Rupert Grant is, like, in it as well. Like, it's just... Yeah. It feels like it'll be a fun movie to go check out. But yeah, he's awesome. And yeah, he's kind of expressed recently in interviews that, yeah, he didn't want to be like compared to Dwayne Johnson. He kind of wanted to be a little bit more successful and do more more meaty roles, which I think Mm -hmm. is definitely succeeding at. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I feel like his character in Glass Onion, it didn't seem like... Like, it was cool that he was in that movie, he's part of that ensemble, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. also like, eh, how much of a performance is this? Like, I know the character's nothing like him, but it feels like the character is more defined by, like, everything surrounding that character, yeah, <laughs> rather yeah. than, like, a personality,
1: you know? Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, we're kind of bouncing around, I was wanting to mention God of War Ragnarok, but I'm not, like, yeah. that far into it. I'm trying to, like, to remember... Exactly, at, like, the place... I know you, you're you done with it, right? I finished it, yeah. Okay. Because um, I, like, wasn't loving it. There was a few parts where I, like, started to get kind of frustrated. Because I feel like I was getting overwhelmed with just the amount of story that they were yeah, sort of offering absolutely. towards me. So there's points, in that, there's points in that game within the first couple of hours where it's like you're doing very simple things, very simple combat. But then it's like Kratos has... Uh, mimir which is a character's head on your shoulder you have atreus next to you and you have another character next to you all sort of like having conversations around you as you're doing things it got kind of overwhelming at a few moments where i'm just like i don't know what anyone's talking about (laughs) like i don't know who any of these people are and i'm just trying to like solve a puzzle but also the game kind of pushes you forward through dialogue not dialogue through moments where they're Suggest puzzle solutions for you and kind yeah. of suggest things, and I wasn't quite. That's a little irritating. Yeah, I wasn't super into that. With that said, there's a moment that kind of happens early on with Atreus that like I really liked, where you sort of have like this realization, really sort of you go off on a detour with a new character who you've never met before.
0: That's when I got yeah. into the story.
1: Yeah, I was like not into it at all, but then they do the reveal where there's like these three paintings on these mm-hmm. rocks, and I was like, oh shit! Now I'm like yeah. really into it. So now I'm like trying to power through and get to the end of end game.
0: That's how, exactly how I felt. Like as soon as that moment happened, I was like, Well now I gotta know what the fuck happens. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I gotta fucking race through this game. Uh and it's a long game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is much longer. Like that like I remember getting to like the last like large area. Yeah. And I was okay. like I like I'm ready for this game to end. Like and there's a whole nother area and then it ended up being like one of the better areas in the for game. Sure. Um yeah, it's gotta but, stick it out. Yeah. It is a game that like I kinda just had to like give myself over to and kind of like binge. Mm-hmm. Um I know a ton of people are frustrated with it though. Like yeah, with yeah. like the way it bounces story and gameplay.
1: Yeah, it can be a lot and there's certain moments where I just like want to sit down and kinda zone out and just be like, Okay, I just wanna like play something and like listen to a podcast maybe, but God of War isn't like that game at all. Yeah. There's just so much story, so much Norse mythology so much, like, going on between, like, just all the characters involved and just them giving you information, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it, though, I just need to kind of dedicate some, a couple hours a day.
0: Yeah, it's like, I enjoyed it, but it's like, it was not a contest for, like, Game of the Year,
1: like, Elden Ring versus God of War, like... Yeah, totally. Um, I'm also, I'm realizing, I, I think I just need to spend some time with indie games more and, like, lean more towards that and go away from triple a games because i've been waiting to do cult of the lamb i know that was like been on my list um been hearing a lot of other great things like there's like the cuphead dlc that i want to fucking check out
0: (laughs) so it's funny as you said that i was literally googling an indie game to find out when it came out because i was like would it be a game of the year game it came out in november 2021 and then on like windows switch and xbox one then it came out on playstation 4 and playstation 5 may 2022 um but this is a game that I was, like, I was more impressed with this game. It's, like, it is such a small game. It's called Unpacking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about this, yeah. Like, I was so much more... <laughs> that gave me so much more to, like, think about. And it I, I felt like it was so much more interesting than God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, such a simple, quiet, like... Maybe, like, two people made it in yeah. the game.
1: You said that's the one where you're, like, learning about a person's life by, like... Just unpacking by unpacking the, yeah. boxes. That sounds and fucking like, awesome, yeah. What an incredible yeah. idea.
0: And, like, they're, like... I, like, I go to the next level and I'm, like, a few years later into this person's life and I'm packing their boxes and I'm surprised by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there, like there are, like, twists and turns. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Like, what a fucking smart concept. Uh, versus God of War Ragnarok, which is... You know, pretty similar to the game we got in 2018. Yeah, I
1: mean, and it's still, like, a solid experience. Like, put together, nice, gorgeous. I think even the whole idea, which is, I think, really cool with these bigger action games now making it all one take or one shot. Like, there's no loading screens. I think that's Mm -hmm. awesome, too. However, (laughs) fucking make this game a (laughs) PS5
0: exclusive so I don't have to watch Kratos, like, duck and crawl underneath a long tunnel yeah. Every like so often, which is clearly just like a way of hiding a loading screen. Yes, yeah. If yeah. it was a PS5 exclusive, we wouldn't need loading screens. Yeah. We wouldn't need that shit. Or like him climbing up the side of a cliff very slowly. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. It's such a. That's it just slows everything down. That's
1: a good point. Yeah, it's still there, but yeah, the PS, yeah, it just doesn't have to load it, but yeah, it's kind of, you still have to go through it. Yeah. Oh yeah, very frustrating. I, I remember was, when that technology first showed up in a fucking Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. They're like, oh, yeah, well, there's no loading screens. Like, you just go from one area to the next. So you go through, like, a huge tunnel. Yeah, it's somewhere. like a tunnel with, like, a, a rail. <laughs> you just grind out. You yeah. keep doing the trick, but, like, it's no wow. loading screen. <laughs> hey, back in... What a thrill. five or something, I was like, this is, this is fucking incredible. Like, this is... <laughs> um,
0: I was actually thinking last night... I was thinking last night about God of War Ragnarok and how... I was thinking like what are the games the best PS5 games and it's like yeah. I would put that Guardians of the Galaxy game I played over oh, right. God of War Ragnarok hmm, interesting like, I had more fun with that cause that was like short, sweet like punchy like yeah. I, was, I don't recall ever being bored like yeah, yeah. the combat was interesting enough like it was very well written the presentation was great <laughs> um, and that that game kind of came and went like a lot of people
1: yeah I still haven't even played
0: yeah. it I I think I might have a copy on the shelf if you to borrow. Oh sweet, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I'd be down if for I, that. If my friend
1: doesn't still have it, um, yeah, that's one of those that yeah definitely came and went. There's a lot of. I think my friend still has. <laughs> okay, gotcha, yeah, it's all good. There's a lot of things I need to catch up on anyway. Mainly movies and TV. You copy, have of, it. copy the Kill Zone on your shelf. Yeah, PS3, I think. So they were, like, game testing, they were playtesting Killzone at the office near my mom's job in high school, and I thought that was the coolest thing. Have you played that? you want to borrow that? Uh, what is this? Ratchet and Clank? Oh, yeah, cool, thanks. (laughs) Rift Apart. This is a fun case, too. Well, I I
0: always turn this, like, sleeve inside out. Huh. It's more interesting.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: I don't know if other people do that.
1: You're the only person <laughs> I've ever met that flips the sleeves inside out. Because usually there's not much to look at on the inside. Yeah. Sometimes it's... A,
0: I've been noticing. Like, that's got of War right there. That's... I turned it inside out.
1: Huh. Maybe that's more of a recent thing. Yeah. Because I know my... Elden be- Ring and
0: nothing on the inside. Okay. Super disappointing. Worst, okay. part <laughs> worst, part of, worst part
1: of that game. Worst part of... part of that 5 <laughs> hour game. <laughs> so yeah. So there's content that's cool thank you I appreciate it I will definitely I love Ratchet and Clank love love those games a lot of fun yeah.
0: um, is that it for this episode?
1: um yeah So I know we- uh, actually one more thing I watched <laughs> I <I'm close.
0: laughs> um, I got into recently the Castlevania Netflix show oh okay yeah yeah uh, very good yeah it's like I want to say four seasons Um. Yeah. maybe three but um, I've only seen the first episode. Yeah, it's it feels very much like the sort of adult animation that you just like stumble upon when you're flipping through channels as a yeah. kid. Like it reminds me of like An Flux or something. Yeah, like definitely. That. Um, the voice acting is fantastic. Uh, did we talk about this at the bar? You talk about this at the uh, <laughs> okay. I'm remembering things I told you at the bar where it's like
1: uh, what was that? Wilson, so much Ma- that place. What was Viking? that? Was that- what was the place zombie village zombie village, yes, yeah. zombie village yeah um
0: but yeah like so much of the dialogue takes place in these castles <laughs> yeah. so there's just like an incredible <laughs> amount of reverb and you're like i don't know it fe- and there's like with no music so it's just like this cavernous voiceover and it feels really special because it's just the performances are so good yeah. and like moments of just like watching th- there are these characters called forge masters i believe um they're humans who can, uh, bring the soul of, uh, someone from hell into, a recently deceased person okay. and turn them into a quote unquote night creature, which is just like a beast. Yeah. Um, there's this character, Isaac, there's a great scene. I want to say in season three where like he's sitting down with one of the night creatures, uh, and they're just talking about like, you know, what do you remember from your previous life? Um, and like, how did you end up in hell? Uh, yeah. And like later, he has another dialogue with that same character where he's talking about how like the forge masters create these night creatures, and they're basically tools of the forge master. They have to obey the forge master. yeah. Um, and it's basically about like, what does it mean, you know, like your 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 whole history, your whole reason for being is to just like destroy as a night creature. But it's like, but what if I just choose to use you differently? Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean to you? And he, like, gives him a berry. And, like, he's, he's like, I only eat meat. I only <laughs> eat meat and blood. Uh, and gives him a berry. And he, like, remembers, like, what it's like to be human. Uh, oh, and it's, I don't know. It's, like, a really interesting interaction. Uh, but, yeah, there are just, like, these little moments of character interactions that are like, really awesome. Um, and then it's balanced against just like insane violent action yes yeah, that's all I remember from the first episode it's <laughs>
1: yeah. like I think something was falling out of the sky and there was like ribbons of blood it's, like, <laughs>
0: Dracula's face comes out yeah. like as a flames instead. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is,
1: like, absolutely insane. And I was, like, yeah. playing this in my living room at my house, and I was like, oh, my, my parents yeah. are, like, not insane. It. And it's very, like,
0: <laughs> the guy who wrote is, like, super anti-religion, and he's got, like, this hate boner for, like, Catholicism. <laughs> oh, great. And so it's just, like, I don't know. And then, like, like that writer has... It's Warren Ellis. He's a comic book writer. He's been fired because he... Some allegations came out against him. Oh, uh, but yeah so they're they're gonna make a, a spin-off series that's based on I think um, Caspian Bloodlines which is um this character Richter I think yeah yeah but Smash Bros yeah, we'll see how that goes hopefully it's as good
1: Richter famous yeah. from Smash Bros excuse <laughs> yeah <laughs> a character I hate fighting against um yeah I think that might be it I don't have anything else to mention yeah this is a long one so for sure. Um, so the last episode we talked about doing zombies. Yeah, we're our, doing
0: Soul Station. Yeah, Soul called? Station. Okay. that's next up. So, sometime next week. Yeah, sweet. Right. Uh Jason wants to get a drink after this. You want to or like hang out?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. Let me. Let's let's <laughs> land this B fifty two. Let's let's see if we can land this this plane here in person, for the first time ever, successfully. Wow. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Alright, this has been episode 110 of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com Let us know if you have comments, concerns, or movie suggestions, theme suggestions. Let us know. We'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll go to the theater and watch anything. I might even see House Party this weekend. You can tweet at us at the Twitter, on Twitter, at VagueZone. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you're doing. But yeah, this has been episode 110. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Kill.